Here's the thing, though. I will say Logan Lucky has the best Game of Thrones joke of all time. I didn't see Logan Lucky. No. Oh, Josh, you would love Logan Lucky. It's oh, so man, you would good. love it. I know. It. I, it's I, so I, good. It got baby drivered for me. Um. So, wait, what is getting baby drivered mean? It's like The Illusionist. <laughs> no, it's not The Illusionist because the prestige was better. Oh, I thought you were going to say that there was like a sexual predator in Logan Lucky. And so you can't go see it. You can't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra was about to move on. She was like, wait, I have to find out who was in Logan Lucky that we can't like anymore. <laughs> to, to me, when a movie gets baby driver, it's when it just comes out around the same time that we find out that someone in it was a sexual predator. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Wanna hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing the latest entry into the Fast and Furious universe, Hobbs and Shaw. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what actor do you want to see next in the Fast and Furious universe? I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from Chicago, um, and I always... I, I think it would be awesome to introduce more women to this franchise, and I think Florence Pugh would be Ooh. excellent here. I love her and everything. Um, she just recently came out with Midsommar. I haven't watched it because it's a horror movie, but I hear she's great. Um, so, yeah, having her in the franchise I think would be a blast. Yeah, I, I'm very pro that pick. Um, I am Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm always – vouching for John Cho to enter this universe. Yes. <laughs> but it finally just hit me today that John Cho needs to be in the next Fast and Furious movie as Han's brother seeking revenge on Deckard Shaw for the death of his brother. I mean, this mm. whole, whole movie is about family and revenge, and what a better way to introduce another major movie star than like making him a family member. I like it. And this week we have a special friend coming onto the podcast with us. Please introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Josh Tumblin. I'm a director and acting coach from Seattle, Washington. And the the person that I want to see most, kind of along the same lines as you, Lucas, I also want more women in this franchise. But I also want more professional wrestlers in this franchise. So I'm going with <laughs> Becky Lynch, who's the current Raw Women's Champion. She is awesome. She needs movies. Let's do it. There you go. That sounds like a great pick, especially after who was it that was in Fast Seven? Ronda Rousey. Was Ronda Rousey in Fast Seven? Or yeah. um, I think it was Seven. Yeah, Ronda Rousey played the uh, bodyguard in Dubai. Amazing. Really? So amazing. And she's wow. the person who Becky Lynch beat for the women's championship. Okay, so. let's get the top stuff in here. Yeah. So, there we go. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more Fast and Furious in just a little bit. But first, I want to know what y'all are feeling this week. So, Lucas, please tell me about what you're feeling this week. Yes, I am feeling uh, – I recently watched Mission Impossible 3 Um Again, <laughs> for the many, many, many times. Um, this movie is awesome. I absolutely love it. It's I, it, I don't know if it's my favorite um, Mission Impossible movie, but it's definitely in the top two with Fallout. Um, this is J.J. Abrams' first movie ever, um, and he brought it. He This is really, I think, one of the great things about this franchise is how it can kind of conform to whatever the director wants. And he really just stripped back all of the mythology around Ethan Hunt and all of the kind of importance that he, you know, of, of the, of the missions themselves. And in this movie, you don't care about the mission. You don't care about what he's after. All he's trying to do is just save his girlfriend. That is it. The entire movie. Um, and Owen Davian, uh, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman is definitely the best villain in the entire franchise. And he is just empty and blank the entire time, which is terrifying. Um, I love everything about this movie. I, when was the last time you guys saw this movie? 
I saw this movie um, last year because I did a, a rewatch of all the movies oh, yeah. before Fallout came out. Yeah, but I do think that Mission Impossible 3 was the first Mission Impossible I ever saw. Like, probably oh, really? on cable in a hotel or something like that. You know, something yeah. where it was it, just kind of on and people were watching it. So I watched it and didn't pay attention really much the first time, but then watching it again last year was like blown away. You're right. Just about how like how much heart the story has and how mm-hmm. sinister Philip Seymour Hoffman comes across. It just makes it makes it stand out amongst the rest. He's so good. It, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, Mission Impossible, the first one, was the movie that made me want to get into acting. Oh. Uh which is I think hilarious. I was like <laughs> I wanted to be a spy, but I realized that that was not that wasn't, I was a non-starter. So was I was like, I'll pretend realistic. to do it. Yeah, I'll pretend to do it for a living. Yeah. But yeah, I, Mission Impossible 3, like everyone in that movie delivers a performance that franchise didn't deserve at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's I just mean, like, Carrie yeah, Russell, I think I think that movie that really lifted part. that franchise. Ugh. And that that movie also has an actor that I love that you don't see a lot anymore, Jonathan Reese Myers. Yes. Um, he's so good and I yeah. and I love that he is in that movie. I'm always hoping that one of these Mission Impossibles that are coming out now will like bring him back. Absolutely. Like, I would love for any of the any of the people in this movie who aren't in future movies to come back like him or yeah. uh, Maggie Q is amazing uh, in this movie. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I would love for her to come back. Also, um Aaron Paul plays uh, Tom Cruise's kind of what is it? Like druggy uh, brother-in-law <laughs> in this yes. movie. <laughs> I would love for him to make a comeback. <laughs> is is that no, the one that has the the actor who plays Sawyer from Lost in it for a hot second at the beginning? No, that's the fourth one. <laughs> that's four. They all start to yes. run together after two. Sure. Oh, oh, they absolutely do. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, especially with the rotating cast, it's hard to remember like who does what. For but sure. um, yeah, so that's Mission Impossible Three. It is on Amazon Prime streaming. If anybody wants to watch it, I highly oh. recommend it. Good to know. Well, that's a great pick. Um, Josh, what are you feeling this week? Um, this week, I am feeling just in general, all tabletop RPGs. Oh, um, please I tell have, us more. Yeah. So I've, I've been playing D&D specifically, but like tabletop RPGs for almost 20 years, um, most of my life. And I, I just really love them. You know, it's like group storytelling in the best way, gamified. Um, and there are there's like a resurgence of popularity happening right now, specifically with D and D. But the thing that's really cool to me is the offshoot of that is that there are people making RPGs in all kinds of different directions. Like there's one that just came out called Kids on Bikes, which is like basically D and D, but instead of fantasy warriors and wizards, you're playing the kids in a Steven Spielberg '80s movie, like <laughs> ET or nice. The Goonies or Stranger yeah. Things, that kind of thing. Uh, there's another one that's based on Carly Rae Jepsen's music, which I'm obsessed with. Oh, that's like I, in the in the future, her music is like um, a symbol of the revolution against this oppressive society, and so it's been all hidden away. And you're like these hackers and thieves trying to get back at it to start the revolution. <laughs> Josh, this sounds like perfect game for me i know sandra just got in now she's in (laughs) i i'm obsessed and it's like you know you can find um i don't remember okay we can figure it out but i'll i will find it yeah Yeah. but there's like any anything that you're into there is a role-playing game for that now space western superheroes like it's awesome it's the best I think RPGs were never something that um, I was really introduced to at all growing up. And I think, I think in hindsight, like I think I would have had a lot of fun with them just because yeah, that group storytelling aspect, I think it seems like a lot of fun, but I think growing up, it was always seen as like a super nerdy thing to do. And all you ever heard about was just dungeon and dragons. And that is it. Um, But I think it's awesome that it's getting this resurgence and I'm very curious to kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah. I think it can be very daunting to start. Because, you know, you have to have someone who knows the game well enough to run it. But I want to encourage people to, like, just, like, give it a try. There's really cheap ways to get into it now without having to buy three $50 books, which is the way I had to get into it as a kid. (laughs) Uh, But, like, you can buy a box for, like, $20. There's one that is set in the Stranger Things universe that D&D put out that's $20. Oh, nice. It has everything you need. It's really easy to learn how to play the game. Very cool. Um, Thank you for that, Josh. Uh, This week... I am feeling the app TikTok. So I've been on a kick lately where this app has been around for a while. It's not new, but 
no one that I know, because I am a 30-year-old adult, um, really, like, <laughs> uses it or talks about it or, like, knows what's on it. But lately, I have been checking in on TikTok on a frequent basis, and I'm just finding it's, like, a treasure trove of creativity and comedy and youth. And that is just such a fun world to enter into. So for people who don't know what TikTok is at all, it's kind of like a replacement for Vine. Um, It is a a video sharing social media app, primarily used by teenagers, where you can create looping short looping videos. Um, But the app itself has a lot of pretty powerful editing technology within within it. So these teens can come up with really insanely creative videos um, just, you know, with their iPhones. And I, what I also find fascinating about TikTok is that it's the content that you're watching is almost entirely meme-based, meaning you'll watch 12 videos that all have the exact same audio and kids doing something, a similar dance to it. Or they're, they're all making the same joke, but they're finding new ways to make the joke. And I think that memes are like a fascinating way, fascinating way that we all communicate via Twitter and Facebook and, and every other social media, social media platform. But on TikTok, that's like the bread and butter. Like that's, it's all memes. And every now and then you find someone who's creating something like a little bit more original, but for the most part, it's just the same joke or piece of music or dance routine reinterpreted over and over and over again. And it's so amazing to see all the different ways teens will reinterpret those memes. So I'm loving it. Um, I want to know if either of y'all have checked in on TikTok at all. I, I briefly checked on TikTok because I loved Vine. Um, like as someone with like an improv comedy and stand-up comedy background, Vine was like the perfect um, social media platform to me. It was like, you don't have much time to do anything. So like you have to make your time count. And I, I thought that was great. And so I was like, oh, this is like the new Vine. And at the time it was too, it felt too structured to me and I bounced off of it. But I think, I think if what you're like the way you're talking about it makes me very intrigued to try it again. Yeah, I mean TikTok is not structured. I will tell you that. Yeah. I never got into TikTok or Vine. I think Vine was one of those where I was like, I can like watch people do stuff on Vine and I appreciate it, but I'm not gonna participate in it. And TikTok, I think I've taken a further step back and being like, I don't even know how to get on TikTok. I'm not gonna like dive into that because there's too much there. I need someone to like curate TikTok for me and just send me the good stuff. Well, I'd be happy to be that person because I love (laughs) curating things for people, especially something as niche as TikTok. Um, But what I will say, what's nice about TikTok versus something like Vine or Twitter or, or Instagram is on like Vine, Twitter, Instagram, your feed is the people you follow, right? So if you're not following interesting people you're not seeing interesting content and it can be kind of overwhelming to be like well who do I follow if I'm brand new to this you're mm-hmm. right with TikTok you can follow people but there's there's a there's a who you're following feed and then there's a feed called for you which is just collecting all of the most recent and popular TikToks that are out there and just showing you all of them it's kind of like an Instagram explore page but it's not as daunting and as you like different videos, as you're flipping through the feed, it starts learning your tastes better and getting and making that feed a little bit more customizable to you. Um, so when I go on, I don't have to follow people. I don't have to like explore and look for people. I just log in. The feed is already there and I'm just flipping through videos. And some of them are really lame and then you just flip on to the next one. And some of them are amazing that you watch them over and over again. Another really cool feature is because so much of the memes are like audio based, um, what you can do is whenever a video is using a piece of audio, you can click that audio that you're watching, that it has like a link to like click on the audio and you can see all of the other videos that have used that exact same audio. So you get to see all the examples of that one meme if you choose to. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And it's also just like such a fascinating way to see what teens find funny. Um, 
I think teenagers are so creative and hilarious. Right now, my favorite of the memes, it's, it's hard to explain memes, and it's especially hard to explain memes that teenagers <laughs> come up with because they're bizarre. But I'll send both of you some examples, and maybe I'll post some on The Feeling at Twitter, of this meme called um, uh, The Birds Are Working for the Bourgeoisie. And it's it doesn't make much sense, but when you see a lot of examples of it, you'll just be like, they're so hypnotic and like creative and fascinating that um, I, I'm just always so impressed. So I'll, I'll definitely do some curating probably on the Feeling It Twitter account this week um, so that people can have some examples of some of my favorite TikToks. Yes, please do. Nice. All right. So before we move on to Hobbs and Shaw, which I'm very excited to talk about, um, we always like to do a section called In or Out where we talk about trailers that have recently been released and whether we're in or out on seeing that movie. Now. So the first movie that we have is 1917. It's uh, directed by Sam Mendes. And I got to see this trailer on the big screen right before my Hobbs and Shaw film. Um, have you all both seen this trailer for 1917? Yes. And I want to know, um, are you in or out? So this is a World War One movie, which we don't get a ton of, but I feel like we're getting a resurgence of them now um, after Wonder Woman. And this trailer confused me a little bit because I saw a World War One movie trailer earlier this week, um, also starring George McKay, um, and it it was a Kingsman movie. And this movie is not a Kingsman movie. This is just a normal World War One movie starring George McKay, also with Colin Firth and Mark Strong, who How are from strange. the Kingsman movies. So it's it's it was super confusing. I thought I was seeing another. I, was, I thought I was seeing a trailer for another Kingsman movie, but this is completely uh, not it at all. So, but I'm really pumped for this movie. It's got Richard Madden in it. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch. It's got Andrew Scott. Um, I all our favorite don't, white guys. Just, just all of our all of our. Listen, if you're going to get all the British white guys in a movie, it might as well be a World War One movie. <laughs> um, I don't normally love, like, war movies, um, but I think this one particularly because it's mostly... I mean, it's 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 mostly about like like running away from war is is what this seems like. I'm just curious, kind of how this works. Um, I I love Sam Mendes, all of his work on the James Bond movies. Um, I'm really curious to see what this looks like. Josh, are you in or out? Uh, I I I think I'm out. I <laughs> I really like Sam Mendes, like specifically, like you were saying, the Bond movies. I lo I love his work on mm -hmm. those. I love Away We Go. Yeah, but. I just, man, I don't have time for war movies anymore, I don't think. <laughs> it's really hard to make, to film a war and not make it look cool, I think. And I just, I don't know. I, I can't with it anymore. I really liked Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk did a really good job of showing, like, an event instead of, you know? And, and so I'm getting yeah. a little bit of that vibe here. I, I don't, I'm back and forth on it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, very torn. I'm out on almost every war movie, just like yeah. whether it's good or bad, like I don't want to see it. However, I did really love Dunkirk. And as I was watching this trailer, I was like, okay, this looks a lot like Dunkirk. And then it was like Sam Mendes, the director of Skyfall. I was like, oh, well, I really did love Skyfall, huh? And <laughs> so I'm like, on a movie that I normally, normally would be completely out on, I'm starting to feel a little bit more in that I normally would. So I'm not yeah, like, this is how it they out. get you. It is how they get you. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out, but I'm also, I'm not, ex I wouldn't say I'm excited for it either. You know? Yeah. I'm I right think there. I'm realizing, I'm realizing right now as we talk about it, I think as much as I love Sam Mendes, I think that he's the reason that I feel more out than in on this. Hmm. Because I, I feel hmm. like I associate him with that James Bond style action. And I think I want more of a like, intimate like view of a couple of people in a war movie yeah well we shall see yeah. yeah all right the next movie that movie trailer we watched is for martin scorsese's netflix movie the irishman yes um so this is uh, about a mob hitman 
named Robert De Niro. I think that's all of Robert De Niro's movies. <laughs> I think right. even the ones where he's not a mob hitman, he's like a retired mob hitman. Yeah, is yeah. really what it is. It's also all Meet the Fockers. Even like the intern, right? The intern. Yeah, the intern. The, yeah. He was a mob hitman <laughs> in his past life, and now he's just a sweet old man. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm uh, excited for this movie. This is uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino again. Um, I don't love Mar- Martin Scorsese's movies uh, just overall, which I know is blasphemy or whatever, but I just think he... I don't know. Like, I'm just not interested in the same things that he's interested in for the most part. Um, but I am very curious to see. This is the first time we are going to see a lot of this, like, aging technology that we're doing. for, Or, I guess, de-aging technology. But not de-aging them to, like, young people. Just, like, less old people right. is what it looks like from the trailer. Which I think is probably a better move and, like, is probably more believable. Um, so I'm curious to see how that looks. And the, watching the trailer, I was like, I can't tell when it, this is young Robert De Niro, when this is old Robert De Niro. I don't know what time period any of this is taking place in. But this is all a true story that apparently everybody knows. So I'm in. I'm out on this movie. <laughs> like, I couldn't be more out. This movie yeah. is not – the only thing that kind of – interest me was like the kennedy assassination stuff right um right. but other than that i'm just like mobsters is not my scene unless like you have to bring a lot of like sex to a movie about with mobsters in order for me to be like somewhat intrigued and this does not look <laughs> like a sexy movie yeah i'm i'm also out i uh i have a problem with martin scorsese too um where i think that he's he made he made several really fabulous movies, some of the best movies ever, mm-hmm. and then he made them again a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's what this – I've, like, I've seen Goodfellas. Like, I know yeah. what he brings to this movie. And I'm a little bit in because I like Jimmy Hoffa. Like, I like – that story's interesting to me. But I just mm-hmm. wish I was seeing someone else direct it with someone else acting in it too. <laughs> you don't like Al Pacino either? I know. I love Al Pacino, and I love Robert De Niro. I just I, – I don't feel great about casting – old people to play part like there are actors that age that's my thing that you can I hire have, like, them. an ethical issue yeah. with that it's one thing to like de-age samuel l jackson to play the same character in a different time period you totally. know what i mean like it's it's one thing to be like well we have this character and he's playing all these different you know but when you're just casting when the characters are just you know 50 year olds and why cast famous 70-year-olds to play those characters when we have 50-year-old actors? Yeah. Um, I have a lot uh, of Hollywood politics opinions about this, George. Sure. <laughs> and it, it just seems a little, like, name-dropping to, like, a very expensive degree. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. we only can make this movie if we have the name recognition. So we're going to spend millions and millions of dollars de-aging all of them. And I'm like, this movie is going on Netflix. You know what I mean? I don't understand the the budget like analysis of this movie. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm curious to see how important to the story it is. Like, if you know, because apparently there, there'll be like it's all like it's told in flashbacks, blah blah blah. Like, okay. so it is. But then so they are seventy year old and then put old age makeup on them, or like I I agree, or age I agree. them up with CGI. I just feel like from what the trailer has shown it looks like the majority of the movie is taking place in this one time where these characters are younger. So even if there yeah. are scenes where they're older, it doesn't look like that's the majority of the movie, right? So if those, yeah. if that's not the majority of the movie, cast younger people and age them up for those <laughs> few scenes versus older, yeah. casting I, older people and aging them down for the rest of the movie. I agree with you, but I'm withholding judgment until I've actually seen and the movie. That's a very fair <laughs> stance to take. I can't do that because I don't plan to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be on Netflix. You can watch it whenever you want. That's true. Okay. Also, but here's here's the thing with me. It be on Netflix. I'm getting to the point where a movie being on Netflix is making me less excited for the movie. Mm. I, I'm starting to like not trust the quality of a Netflix feature that film. That is not where Netflix wants to be. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I just can't. There's just not many that I've seen that have been excellent films i mean roma is the premier example obviously Mm -hmm. right right but do y'all have others i think mudbound was pretty good but again that's two movies out of what they've made a couple hundred at this point right Right. well i and i think i think there's a difference between netflix original movie and then like the irishman presented by netflix but and here's I, the thing. And I think they're not making that distinction. I think that's a horrific mistake. The problem is, 
yes, it's a Martin Scorsese film. And so like that has its own level of prestige and like quality assigned to it. But we've never seen what a Martin Scorsese film outside of a studio system looks like. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that that means it's going to be good or bad. I'm just saying that's something different versus having like a lot of producers and editors from a studio system often like helps the quality of some of these films and Netflix not having that infrastructure always makes me nervous. So we shall see. Yeah, yeah we shall fair. see for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about movies that were definitely made within a studio system. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like we said earlier, the newest entry into the Fast and Furious universe, Hobbs and Shaw. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away, just to spend them with you. If I could make days before we talk about how we all felt about this movie, I just want to say that this became my most anticipated movie of the summer. After, <laughs> like, you know, like once the After beginning you were of disappointed. The, well, at the very beginning of the summer, I got Book Smart and like Endgame out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then yeah. you have the rest of the summer, and this became the movie I looked forward to all summer. Um, and I wanted Same. to know how y'all were feeling about this going in. I kind of feel the same way. Like, I was definitely very excited about it. I And there wasn't... I don't think this was, like, a great summer for movies. No, <laughs> so overall, really it's not like it would take a lot for me to get excited about it. And I love the Fast and Furious franchise. So I'm, I'm pumped. Also, I, I just want to say... In the last Fast and Furious movie, the scene, the main scene between Hobbs and Shaw, the main action set piece, was one. It was probably one of my favorite part of the whole movie, um, and so like that really was gearing me up as well for being excited yeah, about definitely. this one. What about you, Josh? Yeah, same. I, I I think this summer there were a lot of like little movies that I was very excited about, but this was definitely like the light at the end of the tunnel of mm-hmm. like, and then at the end I get to like do the f- finale party with that huge movie. I'm really yeah. looking forward to. I think this was the, actually probably the only like blockbuster of the summer that I was excited about. Yeah. So what did y'all think? So going into this, I will say we are going to be spoiling the, the rest of the fast and furious movies. Any, right. Anything that's included there will is up for grabs. Previous and fast then we will and not, furious films. Yeah. Previous fast and furious films. We will not be spoiling this movie until the spoiler section, Correct. but everything else is on the table. Yeah. Um, that being said to me, this is separate from the fast and furious franchise. I don't know why going into it. I was like, but this is like a different movie. Um, but it's yet, yet still part of that universe. And it definitely felt that way um, as it kind of got started. It was like, this is a different movie. These are characters from that franchise, but we're not really connecting this at all. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie kind of went on and you got more, you got to see more, you know, car stunts and stuff like that, I was like, oh yeah, I remember I really had a lot of fun with this stuff in the Fast and Furious movies. And I'm okay with it being, you know, part of that, that group as opposed to trying to separate it out as its own thing. So how did you feel about the film? About the film itself, yeah, I liked I liked it. Um, I didn't love it. I think one of the things that um, I really do love about the franchise itself is how many characters are involved. And in this movie, it truly is kind of just Hobbs and Shaw and Shaw's sister, um, and that's really it. And I and I I realized I started to need kind of more characters. If you have if you have you know a, a cast of like nine characters, none of them have to be that deep. And that's fine. Yeah. If you have a cast of three characters, you got to have some character development in there. <laughs> Otherwise, it just starts to get a little bit boring. So, yeah. So I was running into that here. I was like, oh, yeah, these are the same characters, but it doesn't work when there are fewer of them. Mm, that's interesting. Josh, what did you think of the movie? Yeah, I also liked it. Um, I think it's my least favorite Fast and the Furious movie since 4. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that the relationship between Hobbs and Shaw works really, really well. Uh, in Fast and the Furious movies. And <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe not as the focal point of a whole film. <laughs> I had so much fun with this movie. I think it has a lot of, like, glaring flaws. Just real big, mm-hmm. like, couldn't miss them. Um, thing, <laughs> things that were, like, pretty... I was like, oh, this is not good. But everything else besides those flaws, I think is done so well and made me have so much fun. So I... It, to me, this movie provided me with what I came to the movie for. 
for. All of the t- the action sequences, the stunts, the fighting, the the music, the energy. I was like, this is what I want out of one of these movies, and I'm getting it. So I was definitely satisfied. Um, I think if it didn't have all the flaws that we're going to talk about, it would be an amazing movie that I would watch over mm-hmm. and over. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I could probably start I can start talking about some of the flaws without spoiling anything. Um, one of my biggest issues with this movie is anytime it tried to be funny. Um I think, yeah. I think the, the the writers and the director of this film don't have a great grasp on comedy. And and the Fast and the Furious movies, they have these fleeting moments where they make dumb jokes, but because it's like they're so fat, like they they just kind of fle- fly by, you kind of chuckle at them and they, that's all you need to do. You know what I mean? They're not trying to make comedic films. They're trying they're to just usually, provide a little release of tension. And they're usually from the funny guys. Like, there are a couple right. of people in this franchise who are the funny people. Exactly. And they're not, like, super funny or anything like that, but they are, like, that's what kind of what you expect from them, are these weird, kind of dumb, funny quips. Right. And when it's coming, and, it, and those never come from The Rock or Jason Statham. No. Like, those are not <laughs> those are not the funny guys yeah, of this franchise. All, all the funny so when parts. it's just left up to them to do the jokes you're just kind of like well that's exactly what i was gonna say i was gonna say all the funny parts in fast and furious are paul walker tyrese gibson ludicrous yep yep (laughs) they're not in this movie and and i will say yeah one jason statham and the rock are trying to like shoulder a lot of the comedic work in this movie but then also and i won't spoil who these people are but the people that they bring in to to be funny in this movie definitely did not work for me like 100% 100% wasn't happy to see him. And oh, so, man, I cannot wait to talk about this in spoilers because yeah. they really worked for me. Oh, same. interesting. Yeah, same. Very interesting. So for me, that was like a big issue. Um, there are certain moments that I think the co- comedy works really well. And a lot of those moments they use in the trailer. Um, it's moments where the comedy is more silent and physical. Like, yes. those are yes. those are kills still. Um, yep. It's Jason Statham and The Rock trying to deliver monologues of like, or or not monologues, but like long stretches of dialogue where I guess we're supposed to be laughing, but I certainly wasn't. Those were like, they felt long, they felt tiring, and I wasn't getting any reaction out of them. Yeah, I think I I 100% agree with you there. I definitely think the like the physical humor that happens between all of these characters is really good and I really love it. The size difference that keeps coming up between Jason Statham sure. and uh, the rocker Vanessa Kirby. Like I, I think, I think all of that ends up being really funny. It's yeah, it's the talking. Yeah. That's, that's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. One of the things I will say that I love though, obviously I've already, I think I wasn't disappointed by a single action set piece in this movie. Um, a hand to hand fight, a big car chase, a big battle, battlefield zone. Like all of them worked so well for me and they were just, they all rid like rode the line of being completely over the top unrealistic, but also just like you can still feel like you're there and it doesn't feel like comically unrealistic. Um, there's there's specifically a stunt that I think is in the trailer a lot where like a car and a motorcycle go underneath a semi truck that mm-hmm. my crowd cheered after that stunt like yeah. was performed and and it's like is is that realistic probably not <laughs> but like it was amazing to watch i think yeah that's why people come to these movies is for these ridiculous like set pieces and they truly are ridiculous but they everybody loves them and i think i i started to feel like the movie was getting pretty long near the end and i think you could cut this movie to get it under two hours without losing a set piece. Like I, I think, sure. I think you really can. There's so much else happening in this movie plot wise and story wise besides the set pieces that those are the parts where you're like, all right, come on. You got it. Cut Move the along. number of bad insults in half and you lose 20. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's true. It's true. Um, I do think, and I, and we can again talk way more about this in spoilers, but I do think they, they came into this one thinking, all right, what's the plot going to be? which they don't really talk about in the other Fast and Furious movies. Right. It's just, ah, eh, someone gets mad and we go chase some things and then we uh, have a bunch of set pieces. Right. Whereas this one, they spent a lot of time making sure you understood the plot of what was going on and who was, you know, talking to who about what. And you're like, I do not care about any of this. I just want to see these people fight and I want to see some car chase. Right. They went halfway to James Bond and I, it really, 
really felt yeah. weird to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm someone, again, we're, we'll talk about this more in spoilers, but I'm someone <laughs> who, like, has spent a lot of time on the Fast and Furious wiki and, like, reading <laughs> all the characters' histories just to make sure I have, like, every individual's personal history straight, you mm-hmm. know, because there's so many characters and they yeah. all intertwine in different ways and there's so many different timelines. And um, so... I was very interested in what this movie did from a plot perspective of setting up all these characters' past histories, their past, their presence, and then like what is the next few movies going to be like? Because it does set up a lot, I think, for future films. I think it sets up future Hobbs and Shaw movies. I don't think any of this will play into the Fast and Furious franchise itself. I think some of it might. I don't, Could it? I don't think The Rock will ever be in a normal Fast and Furious movie again. Maybe not no. The Rock, but... But I think Jason Statham might. He could. He could. But I think all the stuff that was done in this movie wasn't to the benefit of the future Fast and Furious films. It was just, what can we do with these two some more in the future? Sure. Um, And they could pull in some some of that uh, Fast and Furious lore from the past as well. I I wouldn't put it past them there. Um, There's so much I want to talk about in spoilers. Do you all have any other Mm -hmm. non-spoiler things you want to say before we move on? Uh, uh, What I'll say is I I think this this franchise and this movie especially is like the poster child to me for the rule of cool uh, in filmmaking, which is like you can make anything as dumb as you want as long as you make it equally or more cool than it is dumb. And like that is this whole movie. Uh, And I think it's a really great example because there are so many moments that are so stupid (laughs) um but uh, they work so well because they're also very (laughs) awesome um and then there are a couple that are very stupid and not awesome enough and so it's like you get the juxtaposition of that right um which Mm -hmm. again i guess more spoilers but (laughs) yeah 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 for me for me i think movies like this are so fun and because you have this uh we're now at nine movies in this uh uh, Fast and Furious cinematic universe plus a short and film plus a short film yeah. oh, only one I feel like we, was, was there two I only know just one, one short film yeah okay um yeah um and it, it's I I love it like this is to me like a great example of an original like superhero uh universe I guess and these are our superheroes that we're playing around with and getting to you know see them go off on adventures and stuff like that it's a great franchise I I have so much fun with this yeah I would recommend people seeing this movie and seeing it on a big screen I saw it in IMAX and I was so glad that I did so yeah definitely recommend people seeing it are y'all ready to move on to spoilers let's talk spoilers before we get started does anyone want to get out are you paying attention it's your last chance to walk away let me tell you what's gonna happen. No, cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. Okay, let's talk about the cameos first, since that is where we I think <laughs> yes, we all please. seem to disagree. Yes. Um, so I, I I will say first off, Ryan Reynolds, um, absolutely love Ryan Reynolds, and I think he he does talk too much in this movie. Like, there's just way too much going on for him to fit in this movie. Um, but I, I, I think, I think it's hilarious. Like him talking to, um, Hobbs and, uh, his daughter. I loved it. I loved the post-credit scene with him. I, I think he works well in this situation. I, I really like most of him. I, I hate the daughter stuff. Oh really? That really, yeah, it really didn't work for me. The, the whole time he was explaining what was happening in that diner. I, I just kept being like, she is like, she's a child. You're describing really graphic things to a child. It's like <laughs> well, really took joke, me out of right? Yeah, I just didn't think. I don't know. I that's that's one of the things that was like <laughs> it took me out because it it wasn't funny enough to make up for how upsetting it was. I guess to me at least. <laughs> I Ryan Reynolds didn't work for me at all. Like, does he normally work for you? I, he can work for me. I think sometimes Ryan Reynolds is good. I think Ryan Reynolds left to his own devices is bad. And that from what I can tell, I think he was like given a lot of free reign and what he was allowed to say in this movie. And like, I'm not surprised. Came up yeah. with like all of his own dialogue, which is like, mm-hmm. that's why the dialogue's bad. It's because it was like an actor with an ego just coming up with it off the top of his head. An actor who's been told he's funny. Like, and wow. yeah. And so, so that didn't work for me. I think Ryan Reynolds can be very talented. It's kind I of hurtful. Reynolds, <laughs> oh, oh we, this is the first time we've ever said something insulting on this podcast. Um, no, to me that you don't think Ryan Reynolds is funny. <laughs> I, I think Reynolds has comedic instincts for sure, but I don't think Ryan Reynolds is 
funny enough to write his own dialogue. I, I just th- don't. I think we have literally opposite opinions of Ryan Reynolds. Because I think <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds not left to his own devices is how you get Green Lantern. Agreed. I mean, I didn't see that movie, so I can't. That was the correct on. choice. Yeah. Um, But I just know that whole scene very much didn't work for me. All of the Game of Thrones references did not work for oh, me. Oh, I really hated that. That was all. Yeah, the Game of Thrones you, references were dumb. That was all Ryan Reynolds because I read an interview with for the sure. director afterwards who was like, he brought in all this great Game of Thrones material. I hate <laughs> when any movie references pop culture like that. I don't, yeah. uh, don't want to know when your movie was made, my dude. The, the jokes here in um, Hobbs and Shaw were very specific. Um, yeah. And, and just, and not funny also, just not funny. Um, mm-hmm. so that scene I was very frustrated by. Then we have, I want to say our, our next cameo, which some people might consider cameo, some people might not know him, so they don't care. But what I did love was Rob Delaney. Mm-hmm. I also didn't think that was a cameo. I just thought that was funny. It probably doesn't count as a cameo because he's not quite as famous. It counts as but, a cameo right. for maybe 12 of us. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> but I was very happy to see him. So then let's yeah. move on to our next like real cameo, which yeah. is Kevin Hart. Um, this didn't bother me as much as Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I was gonna say because I, I, my la- audience laughed at this the hardest yeah. is all the Kevin Hart stuff. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I don't, I don't love Kevin Hart, but I thought he was funny in this role. Yeah, I ultimately don't love Kevin Hart, but I wasn't super mad at his scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Josh? How did you feel about that? That's, oh, That's a good I take. I love. I love. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan, but I think that he and he and the Dwayne have really excellent chemistry together. Sure. Um, the Dwayne. <laughs> I am, I'm just a huge fan of them together in anything. And I liked, I thought he had the exact correct size role in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, yeah, we know, we know that they do things together. Here's that for you. Now go I, away. I did get a little worried that they were going to actually like bring him in to do stuff. And I was like, I don't want him in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, this is it. <laughs> what I will say about his scene is that like the humor of his scene felt like the type of humor I'm used to in the Fast and Furious movies. Yes, mm-hmm. Versus the Ryan Reynolds scene, that humor felt like Deadpool humor that just doesn't belong in this I movie. I agree. You know what? I'll give you that. So, yeah, that's true. But I will say my audience reacted very strongly and positively to both of them. Yeah. yeah. I do think the Kevin Hart scene was definitely too long. All, all of them. All the funny scenes were too long. <laughs> um, they could have really chopped that down. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there another cameo i think that was it right well there wasn't a, another comedy cameo i i don't know this wasn't i don't think it counts as a cameo but what's that girl's name who is leading like the girl gang oh, yeah rob i was into it let me tell you uh eliza gonzalez yes so, so she was in baby driver right she was in baby driver yes mm-hmm. so uh, not really a cameo but another like pretty famous face that had a, had a role in this film um i can I was so into this like slice of life that we got to see of this girl group that like robs Russian mobsters and, you know, probably commits heists. And, and um, the, I thought they were really badass. And seeing just a sliver of it, I think, was just the right amount. Although I do would love for them to get their own spinoff movie. Yeah, I, the whole scene, I see, was thinking, I want this movie. See, to me, I was just like, why are we introducing this now in, like, th- midway through the movie? Like, if this is going to be an important part. So to me, the whole time, I was like, this is not going to be important at all. And I wish they'd just cut it and done it as its own thing some other time. Yeah. But having us introduced to that whole world and then being like, we're going to sp- spend literally two minutes here and then we're out. But I kinda, Felt like a huge waste of time. I kind of like, though, that, like, that's the whole Fast and furious thing it's like you're just always seeing these little slices into like different kind of crime groups all over the the globe and they all and everyone kind of knows each other and like and and obviously like her character and jason statham's character has a history it's like oh maybe we find out what that history was and um yeah, I just, Maybe it was just that Jason Statham narrated their whole backstory, which was annoying me. <laughs> yeah, I, I so, agree yeah. with you there. I, yeah, sure. I, I also felt like this was very Fast and the Furious. That, that whole franchise has always been like, here's a hundred seeds. We'll decide which ones are important in the next movie. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I just always love how it's like this mixture of like criminals and the and law enforcement and how they all like blend together. And they're all like... Ultimately, everyone is okay with, like, the goal of saving the world, you know, even if they're, like, even if they're criminals and, oh, it's, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, okay. So here's a big question I have, and I want to get real nerdy here. So there was a line of dialogue that like made me gasp, but I don't think anyone else reacted to. First of all, we don't see or hear any mention of Deckard Shaw's brother, Owen Shaw, played by Luke Evans in The Fast and Furious. They mentioned it once at the very beginning when his mom is talking about it. What does um, she say? He, she she does say you, Luke, and Hattie at one point. You, Owen, and Hattie. Or yeah, sorry, you, you, not Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, Owen, and Hattie. At, okay. And, but then the rest of the time, she just talks about him and Hattie. <laughs> right. Okay. And then at the end of the movie, where like Deckard Shaw is is um talking to Idris Elba and is like, "You made me do this. You set me up for this. Yada yada yada." He says. He kind of throws in there, you made me kill my own brother. And I can't tell if he meant, he was referring to Idris Elba as his brother, like we were friends and brothers, yeah. and you made me kill yes. you. Or like, yes. was that a sneaky way of being like, I killed my brother, and we're going to find out about that later? No. No, you don't it's, think so. It meant to be Idris Elba. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was very concerned. I really like yes. Luke Evans, and I just... <laughs> Um, would love to see him make another appearance. I would love to see the three Shaw siblings like in action. Yeah. You know, I, did anybody did it bother anybody how much younger Vanessa Kirby is yes. than Jason Statham? Yep. Absolutely. That, that made me so annoyed the entire time. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a much, much, much younger sister. But then they keep talking about it as if they grew up. It's so together. Bonkers. She's like twenty years younger than him, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's twenty. <laughs> Six years younger than him. He's oh my gosh. He is fifty-seven. She is thirty-one. Jeez. <laughs> Here's the thing. I I understand that we're supposed to like dis like suspend some belief. You know, right? Yes. Like yeah. Like I Jason Statham looks great. He's fifty-seven, but if you told me he was forty-five <laughs> or that his character is forty-five, I'd be like, yeah. I'm game. Sure. But you still yep. have a forty-five-year-old and a thirty-one-year-old. Like being siblings. Yeah. It's still a huge age gap, even if we're believing that he's 10 years younger than he actually is. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was a little silly. And then I'll buy into a lot of ridiculous stuff in these movies. But this movie's timeline truly makes no sense whatsoever. Like, <laughs> it, to a really frustrating degree. Because... They go on so many cross-continental flights. Yes. In the 30... She has 48 hours from the 40? beginning of the movie, right? Right. Yeah. And they go from London. Well, first, he goes to London. From L.A. Uh, from L.A. He flies from L.A. to London. And then they all fly to Russia. Yeah. And then they all fly to Samoa. Yes. Within those 48 hours. Plus, like, after... The Russia trip where they're, you know, they've, they've broken out of the evil lair and they have the yeah. machine, but it's broken. He's like, we still have a day, more than a day. And it's like, no, you don't. You definitely <laughs> yeah. don't have that many hours left. <laughs> because earlier in the movie, she was like, it's been 30 hours. And... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense. And th it seems like a dumb thing to get worked up over because there's so many things in this movie where you could say, like, that doesn't make any sense. But like, I'm willing to suspend my belief when it comes to uh, or spend my disbelief when it comes to the idea that, like, they're in an airport and nobody recognizes them. Like, they have those dumb yeah. disguises. Right. <laughs> like, I'm willing to play along with that. But the, the timeline thing is so frustrating because it's such an easy thing to get right. Like, And they make such a big deal out of yes, it the whole time. Yes. So if you're going to make a big deal out of it, at least do it correctly. All you got to <laughs> do is you write your whole script, then you count how many hours it takes, and then you <laughs> go to the beginning and you put that number in. Like... <laughs> If if your story covers a span of 52 hours or whatever, however, you just decide. And then at the beginning you put, okay, she has 52 hours. Like you just. Real quick, find and replace. Not hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an easy thing to get right so that when people get it wrong, yeah. 
It's just like, that's just, it seems so lazy. Yeah. yeah. I think overall, just the amount of energy you have to put into like keeping track of like when stuff is happening and who's, uh, you know, doing what and why I think is very different from the other Fast and Furious movies. Right. Um, and like all of the monologues that, um, Idris Elba gives about Idris like Elba gives it's humanity. just yeah about why we're doing this and you know I'm now machine blah 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 it's like if you'd at the in the trailer it's very simple of just uh, you get just kind of the clean cut I'm the bad guy I'm you know black Superman enhanced human this is this is what I'm going for yeah I don't need any of this backstory, this manifesto of, you know, theology or anything like that. Right. <laughs> What's going on? I don't care about that. That's not why I'm here for this. Yeah. But uh, it, again, they're trying to make it James Bond. They want to build up this shadowy organization yeah. so they can capitalize on that. And, you know, it's it's this whole thing that they're trying to do where they want their movies to be a different thing than they've always been. It also felt very Mission Impossible. Like, it felt like yeah. We're, yes. yeah, we're trying to be, like... As, as crazy as Mission Impossible is, as, like, uh, this supervillain with a cause, you know. Um, Isn't that basically yeah. the plot of Mission Impossible 2? Someone has a deadly virus inside them? Yeah, that was uh, Mission Impossible 2, the worst Mission Impossible. Literally so. the plot of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And they had to get it out. Yeah, yeah. Right. This killer would get it out of yeah. her. Yeah. Was it Thandie Wow. Newton Very had cool. The, had the virus? Yep. Yeah. 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 So this is... Fast and Furious presents Mission Impossible 2, guess, starring Hobbs and Shaw. I guess they're trying to totally separate it from the main franchise, which I get. I just feel but like see, they've done a very bad job. The tonal yeah. separation that I really enjoyed, I felt like they, we had the very beginning of the film. The split screen, the music choices, that, that like... Um, very chill song that was playing at the beginning with with the 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 sw- that action yeah that action yeah, the, like the what is mm-hmm. it mi6 I really liked was, that. like was swarming in but we have this like acoustic guitar song playing and and the Jason Statham rock dynamic is very different from you already have it built in and you have it you're doing it with like visuals and music in a cool way you don't also have to do it with like your storytelling um, yep yeah but I will say. I yeah. really loved Idris Elba in this movie. Great. Like that that bike that he had was <laughs> rad. That like See, this is where you just get it it's now a superhero movie because of him and his bike and just his like and I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with that. Yeah. But that means you got to tone down everything else if you're going to if you're going to go that direction. But that's really what we want, I think, out of this franchise is just really fun, really crazy, ridiculous stunts um and family, you know? The family aspect I think is very present in this movie and were parts of the movie that I found like the strongest, like the jokes with like, um, Deckard and Hattie about like the cons that they used, that they could, that they've like pulled and like the bank heist, like schemes that they had or all of the Samoa stuff, like really worked for me. I was very in on the family being reunited, the brother having yes. like this this car shop, and then it, and it's tying it in. It's like, oh, Hobbs comes from like a car family. Like that's never been mentioned before. Yeah. And and but it's and it's one thing that's like it makes sense, you know. Uh, and and the whole scene of like the the getting prepared for the fight sequence, um. At, in Samoa was like I was mm-hmm. like feeling it. I was like, "This is what I love. I love a team getting together, making plans, bringing supplies <laughs> together. It's all of my favorite elements." And then the plan is fun. Like watching it executed. Like that whole <laughs> fight at the end is fun with the cars and the helicopter and um, the rock does a, a wardrobe ch- wardrobe change in the middle of it. <laughs> it's so <laughs> strange. It's like wait, why he does takes he- off his a. Uh, his uh, what I, I don't know what that's called, but the traditional wrap or whatever, uh-huh. and has pants on underneath, and then someone throws him a shirt and he puts it it's on. Like, why does he need to put the t-shirt on? Like, what's going on? What's going? No on? one in the audience <laughs> wanted him to put the t-shirt on. But it's all it doesn't no. make any sense. It's like, yeah, it's why is being shirtless okay for fighting hand to hand? But when you're getting on a truck, like you, that t-shirt is really gonna like help. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was the point? It was so silly. That's one of those things that's ridiculous, but I love it. Like, 
Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't make any absolutely sense love it. At all, but it made me like it's like that's <laughs> this franchise. It felt very much to me like they shot the car stuff first and then they finished shooting the fight scene and they were like, Oh shit, Dwayne, you're in a shirt in the next scene. Quick, <laughs> yes. don't shoot him throwing a shirt to Dwayne. Oh, that makes so much <laughs> sense. Or like they shot the car scene first with him wearing a shirt and then was like, Oh shit. Wouldn't this fight scene be so cool if you were shirtless with all the other? And then they're like, okay, we'll, we'll just do a transition. Yeah, we should be able to yeah. see your Samoan tattoo during the Samoan right. fight scene. Yeah. Right. Oh, that car stunt where it was like monkeys in a barrel, like them all yes. linking onto each other. <laughs> I was like so, so on board with like loving every second of it it's so cool it's so ridiculous <laughs> but it's exactly what we're here yeah. for like that is fast and furious yeah like a hundred percent i just show me impossible car stunts for an hour and a half that's all i want yep right yep and what i really loved about the samoa stuff is that it got back to like the greasy like junky fast and furious roots you yeah. know like yep. at its core these are people that like grew up in like junkyards and sell and like car auto shops and and seeing those like uh like more dirty cars kind of like all getting together felt like felt really right versus the super fancy stuff that we have like in london you know yeah, um, yeah. and everything so high tech yeah i also thought it was so cool that for a large chunk of that final like battle scene, they decided to like take out guns out of the, out of the equation. It was like, you, yeah. you rarely see that happen in films where like they just eliminate the possibility of using guns for a, se a section of time. And mm -hmm. for me in an action film, I found that very refreshing. Definitely. It made it so much better. Yeah. And so it was like so smart for them to incorporate these like, guns earlier in the film that can only work with who you know whatever like yeah. bio id or whatever it is you know yeah um it's it was really smart of them to like set that up and then pay it off in the end you can have a fun gunfight, but to have a big fight like that with a lot of people and there aren't guns you just don't see very often at all totally. so it's it was really neat to see that and how they worked it into yeah. it yeah so. I was really excited about talking about this movie with you guys because I I'm a big wrestling fan and there's a professional wrestler in this movie that's not The Rock. And his name is Roman Reigns, Joe Anoa'i. And he plays one of the Samoan family members. And it, it, the secondary marketing, all the stuff that's happening on, like, Instagram and Twitter and, like, The Rock is doing personally, made it seem like he was going to be, like, a major <laughs> set piece of that fight. <laughs> and he's maybe got three shots of him. And I'm so mad about it. Because I was, I was like very excited to be like, okay, how did you guys feel about this guy? Because like he's like the next one who's like making that acting step. He's super charismatic. He's very talented. I'm super excited about it. Barely in it. This is all the marketing that you've seen, Josh, because you're because like all of the social media networks know what your interests are. Exactly. So like, yeah. This is targeted yeah, marketing. I got none of it. Yeah. I Period. haven't seen a single piece of this marketing that you're referring nope. to. <laughs> There's like one shot of him brooding in the background and then he gets to hit his both of his special moves during the fight scene. <laughs> oh, and okay. I was like cheering alone in the theater. I was like, no, no, yeah. nobody else. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, Gosh. I do. We haven't talked enough about how I think amazing Vanessa Kirby is in this movie. She's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, For she's always sure. great. Like, but this movie, I think she really got a chance to shine because she's really wonderful in Mission Impossible Fallout. But she does play a, mm -hmm. a pretty small role compared to the rest of the film. Whereas in this right. movie, we just get to see a whole movie of her kicking ass and like just being so charismatic. Yeah, I think this like definitely confirms her as like an action star. Like, I truly think she could run her own show mm -hmm. if somebody wants to give her her own franchise, like a Charlize Theron type situation. Yeah. I think I think that can happen now. I, I I think she was my favorite part of the whole movie, actually. Definitely, which, which yeah. is, was shocking to me. It's like I I I grew up watching The Rock on TV. Like he's one of, one of my biggest heroes as a kid, and like I love everything he does. And then I was like, now this other person. There was yeah. so almost good. a part of me that. I probably shouldn't have expected this because the movie is called Hobbs and Shaw. And of course they're going to like be the <laughs> heroes and the stars of it. But there was a part yeah. of me. So that when they're at that scene where they're Hobbs and Shaw are tied up and she's kind of like stalking around, you know? Yeah. Um, 
where I thought, like, we're about to watch Vanessa Kirby take out everyone here. Like, we're about, like, John Wick (laughs) style. Like, the two of them are going to be tied up, and we're about to watch her take out this entire group of people. Um, And that didn't quite happen, but I would have loved to see it. I had that same thought, and I was quite disappointed that it didn't happen. I very much enjoyed the ensuing action sequence, but I was a little bit sad. Sure. Yeah. We talked earlier about the comedy in this movie and how for me a lot of it doesn't work. I want to bring up like some of the times where it did work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that there's the scene where that we see in the trailer or in one of the trailers of the two of them, they each open a door and one has like a ton of bad guys and one yes. has one. That whole sequence one has one. <laughs> like that is the kind of comedy that really works for me. Uh, Definitely. Like Jason Statham, like slamming guys' heads into the door, trying to get them all to match and them not matching one after another. Um, also the sequence, which is again, also in the trailer where they're sliding down the side of that building and Jason Statham is in the elevator and rock is yes. like the Jason Statham flipping him off and the rock saying, fuck you. Like all of that is so funny. And I wish that we could have a movie between the two of them with just constant moments like that, where they are like, you know, they they're frenemies instead of actual people that like hate each other. Yeah. The, the more Definitely. of that action based Jackie Chan style comedy we can get mm-hmm. in these yeah. movies instead of is that yeah the better they will be. Yeah. And I don't mind the insult the the body insults the like how big you are how small you are like thrown into conversation but the the two of them like going off for like several minutes Ugh, yeah. was just so painful to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they're just standing there insulting each other, it's not fun to watch. Because those insults aren't funny. They're not they weren't no. clever at all. Yeah, it was just it was no. just watching two grown men be bad at insulting each right. other. Right. <laughs> the part that I laughed at the most in this movie that not a single person in the theater laughed at <laughs> Was when Idris Elba was giving his bad guy speech in the facility, and he said, ugh, genocide, schmenocide. Schmenocide, yes, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> what an I iconic moment. It's genocide, uh, ugh, genocide, schmenocide. That was truly so funny, and not a <laughs> single person laughed, and I don't... That was just the fault of my theater. I definitely did not laugh in the theater, but I it, it was the point when I was like, yes, everybody is 100% on board with how ridiculously cheesy this movie yeah. is. I love uh-huh. it. That's like, those moments are when I really love this this franchise. Yeah. <laughs> the less seriously it takes itself, the more seriously I take it. Yeah, yes, totally. Definitely. Yeah. So where do you see, see this going in the future? Do you see more Hobbs and Shaw movies or do you see them just kind of folding this back into the rest of the franchise? I mean, it obviously just depends on how much money this one makes. Um, yeah. I think if this one makes a lot of money, then we'll see more. And they're obviously setting up some sort of like overarching villain. You know, this this head of this. Yeah. Um, what is it called? Etion is the... Yeah, I, I kept no I kept wanting to say Eaton <laughs> at like the this you know like the school, but yeah, it, it's not that <laughs> it is, <laughs> and uh, so like there's an overarching villain. Um, I think that villain is going to be tied to one of them in some way. Like it could be Hobbs' father, or like or Deckard Shaw's father, or something. You know, it could be something like that. Um, so I think that that's like the big setup for that. But then we've also seen there was that line that Shaw has where he talks about how he has to like he's done things he isn't proud of and has to make amends. Right. I think referring yeah. to Han. And so right. to me, that's ideally hoping I'm hoping that that means he's going to be in a future regular Fast and Furious movie where that like reconciliation happens in some way. Yep. That's what I want. For sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm certain that we will get sequels. I just hope they're Hobbs and Shaw and Shaw. <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, yes. Or like I would I would I always just want I want so many spin-offs from this universe. Like I want instead of sequels, just ult like keep giving me more spin-offs. So I want this yeah. like girl gang spin-off. I've always said I wanted a Han and Giselle spin-off. Um I think Hattie Shaw could have her own MI6 spin. You know what I mean? Like Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. There's so many things in this universe that I'd be happy to see. Um, I think we, I, I would love a Shaw family spinoff that's just like the mom and Hattie and Deckard and Owen just like 
as a family breaking into a bank, some you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be really fun since this whole franchise has been so much about in the immortal Vin Diesel's words, it beat a family um, yeah. to have like <laughs> each main character have a spinoff with their actual real family. Sure. Like, I think that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. The Samoa stuff was beautiful. Give me another rock led film in this universe. That's just all in Samoa, you know, yes, just all the Samoa movies. Definitely. Have the daughter. Yep. Um, I read an interview with the director and he said something about how, like, you know, that daughter, at some point, she's going to be able to drive. Like, we're going to get, she's going <laughs> to age up and she's going to be able, she's going to have a driver's license. I love that. Yeah. Sure. I want more kids in this franchise. I want kids driving, learning how to drive. <laughs> I want these Fast and Furious people teaching their kids how to drive. Maybe yeah. <laughs> Fast and Furious babies day out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I cannot wait to, re like, watching, I haven't seen the, the rest of the Fast and Furious movies since the eighth one came out. Right. And now watching this, I'm like, I'm really excited to go back and watch the rest of these movies. I'm always looking for someone here in Nashville that, like, I can introduce them to that is willing to sit yeah. through and watch them all. Do we know when the ninth one comes out? For me, that's my excuse is like, all right, in preparation for the ninth one, we got to watch them all. I feel like I it's next year. So. so I think it is too. Um, I know that Charlize is going to be back in the ninth one. Yes. And, mm -hmm. I, and Helen Mirren is, is also going to be in the ninth one. Yeah. Yes. I think we're, I think we're getting more Shaw's. Yeah. Hopefully all the Shaw's. Oh, and I'm getting my wrestler fix with John Cena. So we're good. Oh. Is he yeah, in it? He's going to be in nine. Wow. All right. Interesting. And he's like coming into his own as an actor, like as a legitimately pretty good actor. Sure. Yeah. I hope they just, I hope they don't use him just for comic relief. Cause I think he can be good, like as an actual person Absolutely and agreed. let the funny people do the funny stuff. Yeah. But I don't mind him being the comic relief in that cast. Like, I think he can be funny. I just don't want him. That's, that's why they brought him on. I want him to like be a real person in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we know if uh, Scott Eastwood is going to co be continuing with this franchise? Oh, gosh, I hope I'm not. I'm crossing my fingers that that's not the case. I haven't seen anything that suggests I haven't he heard is. anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, this is the first Fast and the Furious movie since two, I believe, that doesn't have Vin Diesel in it. Um, now, it's a spinoff. Yeah. It's not like a tried and true fast and furious movie but man i vin diesel really does make these films for, for me like he's such an important part of them and so i'm really excited to like get into another one of these with him being there same yeah i agree well i really enjoyed talking about this with both of you and same. um why don't we tell people where we can find where they can find us online uh lucas i'm lucas you can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. Um, I'm Josh, and I am on a social media hiatus, so you can't find oh, me anywhere. Good for nice. you. <laughs> um, I am Sandra Amstutz. All of my social media handles are at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find our podcast Twitter account at Feeling It Pod. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye, now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yeah. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.